0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Brother Love in the District. Tristan here along with Jacob. And Jacob, you want to go ahead and tell them what we're getting into?
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to go over, obviously, this week in the NFL, going over the previous and upcoming matchups, and um, a hockey. There's, it's been another week, so we're going to talk about the games that we played and some of the takeaways and finally into the MLB. Um, the Cy Young was announced either last night and a bunch of the awards have been and the NL the MVPs are going to be decided in about three hours so let's get right into it.
0: Yeah so start off like we normally do talking about football and honestly this week was a shocking week I think for both teams, because I don't
1: bittersweet think, for for us. I don't really think
0: Anyone expected either of these teams to win?
1: I expected you to beat the Broncos. The Broncos, I don't think, are a great team. But I, what is I, it with Washington and Den- and um the Bucks?
0: Tom Brady has something that's going on with uh Taylor Heineke. I don't know what it is, but he is not good with uh Taylor Heineke.
1: I know, like. <sighs> Like and Taylor Heineke looked amazing that game. He led a drive at the end of the game. That's one of the best I think I've ever seen. I'm trying to pull up it up. But it was a fourth quarter drive to ice the game. I think it was over ten plays.
0: Yeah, it was. I remember what it was. It was 19 plays, 11 minutes.
1: Yeah, what a drive that. Great on you, Taylor Heineke. I think that shows that we should obviously um, give him some more time and not really just – like I heard a lot of people at the trade downline and people are talking about we should try and go for a quarterback in the offseason. And Taylor Heineke has shown that given the right situation and if he's smart enough, he can be a good quarterback. But I was surprised that we won.
0: Yeah, the – the Bucks gave you guys the ball back with about 12 minutes left, and didn't get the ball back until there was 30 seconds left on the clock. There were three third down conversions and a fourth down conversion on that drive.
1: That's very good for us.
0: Yeah, like that is an insane. I didn't even know drives like that existed. I didn't I, either. I didn't even you know that was
1: like 11 plays.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking because like 11 and 12 is the average for a long drive, so that was. I didn't know you could go really go over 12 by much.
1: Yeah and almost an entire quarter in a single drive and considering how bad we've been on third and fourth downs it's really good and our defense we had two takeaways we actually played somewhat decent limiting them to only 19 points but the bitter part about this is Chase Young tore his ACL in the game. So he's going to be out for the rest of the rest of the year and probably into early preseason. So that that really sucks.
0: Another thing that I think helped you guys a ton was holding Leonard Fournette to a limited amount of yards because he he only had 47 yards in the game. And Leonard Fournette, I know he's he kind of rejuvenated his career in Tampa Bay. And he ran all over the Eagles. I know that happened there, too. So,
1: Yeah, Antonio Gibson had a great game. 24 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns. I'm trying to see the passing stats.
0: Taylor Heineke was 26 of 32 with 256 yards and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, a really smart game for him, which is something we definitely needed from him.
0: Yeah, 26 for 32, that's a pretty – That's a pretty good uh, completion percentage right there. I'm pulling it up right now. That's an 81% uh, completion percentage. So he was really accurate with the ball, uh, performing quite well. So, yeah, I mean, you guys were able to put up good numbers. And like you said, like the fact that your defense had two takeaways and rather quickly and almost a third that – the interception that bounced off of godwin's foot didn't count right
1: yeah it didn't but it there's a very good argument to say that it probably should have cuz it looked like he did trap the ball
0: yeah so i mean that's one of that's probably one of those things they ruled it incomplete right
1: yeah they ruled it incomplete yeah
0: so that's one of those things where there wasn't enough uh there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it
1: yeah it could have gone either way i think
0: so i mean that's something to keep in mind there uh but yeah, overall, a really good game by Washington, and I definitely didn't expect that. I was I was watching the red zone, and I they kept on flashing back to the Washington game, and you guys were up, and I was like, "What is going on?"
1: Yeah, I turned it on expecting to see a blowout. Um, I was probably I was thinking, "All right, I'm probably going to turn this game off at some point." But we won.
0: Yeah, that, so that's a big that's a big win for you guys. Yeah, um, and
1: Terry McLaurin, he had some great. He had a one first down catch over the middle where he got blown up he was able to hold on to the ball that's great DeAndre Carter had a touchdown pass He, he had a really great game so I'm honestly I'm really surprised will he be able to carry this momentum over I have no clue
0: yeah uh and then going over to the Eagles they also performed really well and this the one thing that really stands about out about this game is this wasn't a fluke game. This was actually a well-put-together win where the entire team performed well. Jalen Hurts was – the one thing that I loved about this game was the fact that Jalen Hurts was not fleeing the pocket. Instead of fleeing the pocket and trying to run around – Hang on one second. Instead of fleeing the pocket and trying to run around, you saw him climb the pocket and make passes while – being a little bit uncomfortable so I think that was huge for him and it's also big for his growth because you see after one game where he climbs the pocket it helps build a little bit of confidence for him knowing that he can do that which I think is huge for him Devontae Smith absolutely went off against the uh against the Buccaneer or Broncos secondary which is huge the because the he did that against the Chargers, but the Chargers' secondary isn't all that great. There was no uh, no Asante Samuel Jr. He wasn't out there. The Chris Harris Jr. is lost, not just one step but a couple. He's not as good as he used to be in the No Fly Zone in Denver, so uh, he's he's lost a step. So Devonte Smith, yeah, he tore up the Chargers' secondary, but he did it again against a weak secondary. Whereas this past week, he played. The Broncos secondary, which has Justin Simmons, who's arguably one of the best coverage safeties in the league right now. Kareem Jackson, who's been a corner for, who was a corner for Houston for years and is now playing safety for the Broncos. He caught a, an amazing, a beautiful touchdown catch over Patrick Sertain. I don't know if you saw that, but it was in the, uh on, in the corner of the end zone over Patrick Sertain kind of pulled it down over him. That was an amazing catch. And so, yeah, he, you could really see him using his uh his kind of his wiggle to he's using his lean and his wiggle to get open. And I think this the performance he put up against Denver uh is better than the one he put up against the Chargers because of the team that he was playing.
1: Yeah, I think like what we we said last week is um we think they found their um formula to win and they did it yeah. again. Keep keep hurts around um 20 to like 25 attempts which he did he had 16 completions um you you had two 80 yard rushers jordan howard 12 carries 83 yards boston scott 11 11 carries 81 yards which are great numbers and then jalen hurts had 13 carries for 55 yards so
0: yeah if you're
1: looking how this team is built it kind of reminds me of when the um ravens are healthy like they have they have running back depth you kind of Limit um, limit your running quarterbacks um attempts to around like anywhere from twenty to twenty five around there. So I de- think you've definitely found your winning formula.
0: If only, if only, uh, our defense was as good as the Ravens' defense. That would
1: your yeah, defense me. needs some help. I think that's what you need to focus on in the off season because. Hertz, I think, is fine now. You have actually decent running backs with Miles Sanders, Jordan um, Howard, yeah. and Scott.
0: Miles Sanders has to be chomping at the bit right now to be getting back into this. To be getting back into this offense now that they're actually right. using their running backs, they rushed for over 216 yards with Jordan Howard, who is on the practice squad. Which don't get me wrong, Jordan Howard has performed amazingly this year. He he came out of the he came out in Training camp, and he played really well. And they kept him on their practice squad for this exact reason. Uh, and Boston Scott, he's another really good running back that we just don't use as much. He's a really good changeup. He, he's small, but he's shifty, and he's he's still got a little bit of power behind him because he's he's built like a fire hydrant. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Aaron Sproles have- 2.0. He's he's bigger than Darren Sproles, but yeah, he's he's Darren Sproles 2.0. I don't know yeah, if he yeah. could ever eclipse the greatness that Darren Sproles had though. Uh <laughs> but yeah, they had 200 they had 216 yards on the number six rushing defense in the league. So yeah. that's very that's, good.
1: And you have a very young wide receiver core that you don't really need to do anything, maybe like a veteran, but in the offseason and considering you're gonna have a lot of draft picks, I would go all defense.
0: Uh I would the, go only, the only thing left to be desired, really, from this offense, uh, like just basing it off of what we saw in this game, is getting Jalen Rager the ball a little bit more. Because the reason they drafted Jalen Rager two years ago was because of the fact that he was a – utility player and they can use him everywhere he can play in the slot he can play on the outside give him the ball in the backfield he can kind of be a better Cordero Patterson because Cordero Patterson puts up numbers for a guy who just thought to be a kick returner uh but yeah he's a better Cordero Patterson is what he's supposed to be and so that the only thing that's really left to be desired is trying to get him the ball more uh one of the players who's come on a ton was uh Quez Watkins, who, was a six round draft pick, I believe last year, fifth or six round draft pick. And he, he didn't play much last season. He came in this season uh, with kind of competing with John Hightower for that fifth wide receiver spot. And he's overtaken the number two receiver in the Eagles offense. So he's really stepped it up too. Uh one thing that's a little bit worrisome was uh, Dallas Goddard went down with a head injury. So hopefully he will be back for, this upcoming week uh but moving on to the defense well, one of the big before reasons- we go on to
1: the defense imagine if you actually took dk metcalf imagine oh my, your offense oh if God. you had dk metcalf oh my gosh
0: yeah because J- i think they should change jj ortega whiteside's position from wide receiver to blocker just blocker because um, he- i think he, no i think you should change it to water boy well, no, because they do put him on the field. They put him on the field for special teams and stuff. That's why he made the team over, uh, over Travis Fulgham, because he can block better. But he, uh, yeah, he's he blocks, and that's about it. And yeah,
1: well, I, even if you took Justin Jefferson, like at least,
0: well, the well, that's not the same draft. No, Justin Jefferson was, but the you could have taken
1: after. Justin Jefferson as well.
0: Yeah, well. They ended up taking Jalen Rager, who still has yet to be a uh, yet to really explode. Um, But I mean, you see where Devonte Smith and uh, Jalen Hurts are developing quite a big chemistry. Uh, but yeah, going on to that defense, another big reason that we that the Eagles were able to put up such good numbers against the Broncos was they was their defense. Their defense performed amazingly. They held. Uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon who have been performing as one of the best one-two punches in the backfield this season they held them to just Javante Williams had 48 yards and Melvin Gordon had 45 so they didn't even break hundred together and that's a big that's a big win for a team whose linebackers have been suffering and the DNs have not really been doing great haven't really pulled anything off that's been impressive all season so the fact that they were holding off the uh the broncos rush game is one reason that i think they were able to succeed quite well and teddy bridgewater number four completion percentage in the league in nfl history at that he's the number four uh quarterback in completion percentage in nfl history you you can you can stat check me but i'm telling you that I uh yeah, it's hard to believe, but Teddy Bridgewater is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. If uh it's yeah, it's career. I I don't really know the the people who are in front of him, the only one that I could really see you taking off is Deshaun Watson because he hasn't really played that much. He had an issue there, but Drew Brees is number two, Kirk Cousins is number three, Teddy Bridgewater, Dak Prescott. Uh Chad Pennington is number six along with Patrick. Chad Williams.
1: Pennington is in the top. Oh my. I,
0: I want to know what the uh I can't see. I don't see what the minimum attempts here is.
1: Mitch Trubisky is number 19.
0: Yes. I, I I wish you could see the uh the minimum attempts here.
1: Yeah, what is the minimum attempts? Cause like I think this just shows how much of a passing league it is now because you have to scroll a bit far down to find a quarterback who played. His majority of the time, two thousand and before. Yeah, I mean Joe Montana's at twenty second or twenty third. Wow.
0: Uh, but yeah. So, so does that
1: mean Mitch Trubisky is better than Joe Montana? Absolutely not.
0: Uh-
1: Pennington is better than Patrick Mahomes. He's better than Peyton. Manning.
0: He's actually tied with uh Ch- Patrick Mahomes. So anyway, they held the number four quarterback in completion percentage to just a 61 completion percentage after which don't get me wrong that's still I mean it's better than what they've been doing being that they allowed they allowed Derek Carr to have a 90 nine I believe it was a 91 completion percentage. Yeah 91 completion percentage uh and Justin Herbert had an 81% completion percentage. So, they were letting these players who have far less time, well, not less time because Derek Carr has been around longer, but far worse players overall in completion percentage uh, throw dimes on them. And they really held Derek Henry or Teddy Bridgewater down. I don't know where I got Derek Henry from. Uh, but yeah, they were really holding Teddy Bridgewater, uh, strapping him down, honestly, and not letting him pass the ball around on him, which was huge. They also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and a pump block or a field goal block. So yeah, the defense really stepped it up this week. And honestly, if they play like that for the rest of the season, they're playing, they're a lot better off than they did than they were looking at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. I, I'm still shocked that Teddy Bridgewater is in the top five for completion percentage of all time yeah it's i it's mean still weird to think about but it makes sense considering what the league is like now
0: and he's a very careful quarterback when i was listening to something else and they were saying uh teddy bridgewater is not like he's not a runner if he gets flushed he's not going to be getting out of the pocket much He kind of sits in the pocket and he's very careful. That's one of the reasons Carolina didn't want him anymore was because he was so careful and he doesn't take risks. And so he's, he's not going to be a starter for like, he's not going to be a long time starter for the, for any team again, in the NFL, which is unfortunate for him. But, uh, he he's a very careful quarterback and he puts up good numbers, completion percentage wise. Uh, Oh, I know what I was looking for. But yeah, so they the defense really played quite well. And just to go to show you about how much of a, how little of a, oh, can I not just pull them up? Uh, here we go. How little of a factor. Arthago Whiteside plays in the offense. He doesn't even have a single reception this year.
1: Ooh.
0: Not one. So, yeah. He's... That,
1: that has got to be one of the worst picks in Eagle history.
0: Yeah. So, he's he's going to be a goner. Uh, and Devontae Smith has already eclipsed 600 yards. And our leading receiver last year was Travis Fulgham with 500, and that was so over he, four weeks. He's not even on the team. Travis Fulgham, yeah, he's a, he's now a Dolphin. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to eat my words from the beginning of the season. Devontae Smith is a stud. That man is balling out this season. What I did say, I would like to say, I did say at the beginning of the season, I hope he does well because obviously, like... You he,
1: didn't think he would, though, especially... I, I, I thought he'd be hurt
0: by that. I, I thought he'd be hurt by now, but he is a tank. And I I'm gonna take that one right right on the chin. I mean that I, I deserve that. I that was a terrible guess, but he is a stud. <laughs> he, did win the,
1: he is he did win the Heisman. Let's yeah, he's been balling
0: out. What in the world is going on? Wasn't was weird. <laughs> but yeah, he's been balling out and I he's a huge pickup for the team. But yeah, Are like
1: you focus on your defense in the offseason, like the draft. I don't know if you take every single player defense, but majority should be
0: here's here's what should be done in the first round. If the draft were to end or if the season were to end right now, the Eagles would have. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick just to make sure. But the Eagles would have the number six pick from the Dolphins. The, number 11 pick as their own pick and then the number 14 pick from the Colts that's pretty oh well now it'd be the five pick from the Dolphins 10 pick from the Eagles like their original pick and then the Colts would be the 14th pick because it it looks like Carson Wentz is gonna knock on wood play the rest of the season and get his uh get that mark that he needs to in order for us to get a first round pick there. Uh, so it looks like we're going to have three first round picks and in two top 10 picks, I would like at least one corner, definitely one corner and probably a safety or a linebacker at that other pick.
1: You need like pretty much every single defensive position.
0: Yes. And yeah, we do. Cause right now our we're rotating defensive tackles because Fletcher Cox, he's gonna be a big he's gonna be a big price tag at the end of the season. That it's gonna be hard for them to keep uh retain that. So
1: not sure and I'm not sure you'd want to considering his age.
0: Yeah. So he's they could be trying they could be trying to move him at the end of the season. Uh so they have Javon Hargrave who's playing really well and then uh a bunch of draft picks from this season Milton williams uh who's to to a pelote to a how's
1: ryan kerrigan been doing
0: ryan kerrigan barely even gets on the field (laughs) he's he's been such a bad pickup he he has no effect on the team at all and he wanted to go to a place where he would play uh uh well yeah, I, he really has not done much this season. Yeah. He's
1: probably going to leave at the end of the season. Well, it's
0: it's because uh it's because Gannon's defense is very like everyone needs to be put in a certain spot and play that position as he wants them to. That's one of the reasons that Fletcher Cox is struggling so much in this defense is because he used to be able to just roam free and do what he wants get through the line and get some sacks now jonathan gannon wants to wants him to play a certain way and it's harder for him to play that way as opposed to him just running free and so it's taking a toll on fletcher cox they're not playing ryan kerrigan right they want him to be dropping back in coverage and
1: all that stuff
0: yeah and he's he's a pass rusher he should be coming off the edge going for the quarterback and that's just not he's not being used correctly which is one of the biggest issues with the defense is it's a lot of players not being used correctly. And that's one of the biggest issues overall. Uh, but I, you want to move on to next week's, well, this upcoming week's matchups.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> All
0: right. So we'll start off with, we'll go right into the Eagles game who are playing against new Orleans and uh, it's in Philadelphia which is huge. Uh, and honestly, I'm, I'm liking this matchup. It, I never thought in my life that I would be saying we have a better chance to win because Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston's out. But here we are and Jameis Winston is out and that's a huge plus for the Eagles. Uh, Michael Thomas has already said he's not going to play for the rest of the season, so he might not be there. Alvin Kamara didn't play at all last week or practice so he has potential to be out this upcoming game and without guys
1: are gonna win yeah
0: yeah, without without Alvin Kamara Michael Thomas or Jameis Winston that is huge for the Eagles and will make a significant difference in the game
1: yeah I think you'll win that game I just don't think the Saints have the pieces anymore to be able to really compete at a very high level all their guys are hurt and yeah, they have a few pieces like Marshawn Lattimore and Cam Cameron Jordan, but uh, they just don't have enough, in my opinion. Yeah, so uh I can't believe I'm saying that. I think the Eagles have more weapons than the Saints. What is
0: What's Okay. So, Alvin Alvin Kamara had a uh, had limited practice yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's not a good sign considering it's Thursday.
0: Uh I I think this, oh, this was yesterday. I didn't see what.
1: middle of the week so yeah not a great sign
0: um i hope he doesn't play because alvin camara will entirely rip apart our defense by himself i thought well maybe not
1: i thought deandre swift would do that but he didn't so and you guys did do pretty well against the broncos running so you never know
0: uh the one player who absolutely tore apart the eagles I don't think it was last season. I think it was two seasons ago. Was Traquan Smith. That man haunts Ooh. that man exactly. He haunts <laughs> my dreams. I see that we're playing the Saints, and I'm like, oh geez, here comes Traquan Smith. That yep. man went off for like 10 receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown.
1: I still remember that Eagles from Washington game where Mike Vick just decided to. I remember that game very very distinctly i remember albert haynesworth was laying on the ground and he wasn't chasing michael vick that that game gives him ptsd
0: here here it is traquan smith versus eagles was best game of any rookie rookie wide receiver catching 10 of 13 targets zero drops so the other three must have been out of reach uh catching 10 of 13 targets for 150 yards and a touchdown he, oh my yeah he was going crazy that week and so i get scared when i see uh we're playing the saints and he's he's playing luckily the only the only defensive back who really remains from that secondary is monte maddox and avante maddox is having an amazing year so uh but, yeah, overall, I think I think we do have more weapons against the Saints without Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas and potentially not Alvin Kamara. I like our matchup. Uh, the one thing that's going to be different here is that rushing defense. They are not missing five inside linebackers like the Broncos were because that's one of the reasons that they traded away Von Miller was just to get an inside linebacker. Uh, so that's going to be a rough defense to be playing against. But – If Miles Sanders comes back and Jordan Howard playing together, I think they make a pretty good one, two punch in the backfield. And I I'm going to have the Eagles winning over the saints, especially if you remember correctly, or if you remember this, I I know this is correct. Jalen hurts. was First start was against the saints and he took down the saints as the saints were the favorite in the NFC at that point in time. So this is I'm sure this game is a little close to home uh against against the Saints, as this was his first NFL start and first NFL win.
1: Yeah, I think you guys are gonna win 19 to 12. Another odd. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll say I think the Eagles will win 24 23. What I'm trying to remember
1: what I predicted last week. I think I it, said like that-
0: it was another weird. It was like twenty five nineteen or
1: something. Like I, th- I thought it was like. I'm really. am trying to remember. I thought it was like twenty six fifteen or something like that.
0: You want to hear our records on the season so far? Because no, we're cl- how we're, bad am I doing? We're close. We're, neither of us are doing terrible. We're really close. Uh, I'm thirteen and six, and you are twelve and seven.
1: I'm surprised I'm twelve and seven.
0: Because this this past week we both went one and one. We both had Tampa Bay and Philadelphia winning. So yeah, we're we're pretty neck and neck going to the final stretch of the season. And yeah, that is pretty surprising, being that you're not very uh great at picking.
1: As we will discuss when we get onto the Cy Youngs.
0: Oh yeah, uh, but oh, going on to the. Uh, or- <laughs> going over the Washington game. Yeah. We, we don't need to talk about that. You guys are playing Carolina.
1: I think this is a very winnable game and considering we, the confidence we, booster. We just
0: man, the myth, the legend, Cam Newton at the helm. Really? He isn't
1: even starting though, Tristan. They just put him in at the goal line.
0: I I don't know. I think Cam Newton performed quite well.
1: He was on the field for like five plays.
0: Is, is that really – I didn't see how much he was on the field. I did see he didn't, that he yeah, – wasn't even the starter. So, who started in that game?
1: Give me a minute, but, yeah, it wasn't him.
0: Was it Will Greer? Do no. they not have Will Greer anymore? Philip Walker. Oh, wait, no, that's not – is that the guy? <laughs> Who's the guy from the AF, AAF or AFL? Or the XFL, that's what it was. P.J. Walker
1: no clue who the heck that is
0: i'm i'm assuming that's the same guy being that uh, his name is philip but yeah i think it was pj where is the carolina game who would they play they played arizona yeah
1: they somehow won but callum Murray was out
0: and deandre hopkins
1: yeah yeah but yeah, cam noon he had like four passes
0: oh yeah pj walker
1: started for the most
0: Cam Newton had a seventy-five pa- pass, p- pass percentage because he went three for four.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for four passes, and then had a rush. Yeah, but yeah, I think we win- we we gotta win this game.
0: Oh yeah, I I think wa- we, uh, we gotta. Where is it? I think it's I think it's in Carolina.
1: Yeah, we're at Carolina.
0: So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go different. I'm gonna say Carolina. They're three and a half point favorites.
1: But we're still neither of us you could say are good teams.
0: Oh yeah, it's the battle of two bad teams, but I still I think it'll be a pretty decent game. And I'm gonna pick Carolina to win. Washington. I I just I feel I don't know. I feel like uh, the maybe Cam Newton plays a little bit more because Cam Newton maybe has he'll started get
1: five attempts.
0: I no. I think the. Uh, I mean, PJ Walker didn't play terribly. He still had a. He still had over two hundred yards in an inter, He had an interception, but uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is a huge part of their offense. And I think he's going to wreak havoc for Washington. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Carolina to win. Their offense is good. Their secondary is nasty. Uh, Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson. It, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if Taylor Heineke is going to be, be able to pick apart the Carolina secondary like he was able to the Tampa secondary because the Tampa secondary is worse.
1: And we'll just hand off the ball more.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to pick Carolina over Washington.
1: Probably going to regret this, but I'm going with Washington. This is, this is an
0: interesting matchup. Uh, with that, I think we're ready to move over to the NHL, yes? All right, so what are, what are we thinking of the Caps so far?
1: they're doing a lot better than i thought we would we're 10 yeah. to and 5 and we've been able to salvage a lot of games like our five we've had five overtime losses but in a lot of those games we've been down and able to come back and salvage a point
0: And you so, only have two regulation losses which is Yeah cute. so
1: it, we've been doing pretty well we we beat the kings um last night 2 to nothing we're first in the metro somehow um
0: it's cuz you've played so many more games yeah, like Carolina only has fourteen games played, and so do the Flyers. So does New Jersey. Columbus only has thirteen. The Islanders only have thirteen. You guys have the most games played in the division. Uh, but yeah, you you guys are performing amazingly. Alex Ovechkin is top five in the league in goals. He's uh, top
1: five in the league in points.
0: Yeah, which is another weird. <laughs>
1: He hasn't yeah, done I mean, that in a long time.
0: He's number three in points, 26.
1: Yeah, behind, behind McDaniels, that's great company. And Evgeny Kuznetsov is tied for fourth. How? Oh, yeah, I see that. I, remember at the beginning of the season, I was saying we should trade him? Yeah, I mean, it's it,
0: – Hockey is such a weird sport that can go either way
1: and then we have three um guys in the plus minus leaders even though you don't like that stat but jensen wilson
0: plus minus is such a that's such a bad uh such a bad indicator of how good a player is to me
1: yeah because like it's a reflection of the entire team or the line you're on yeah because
0: i mean say like so it doesn't count on a uh, power plays and penalty kill for plus minus but say like your point your point players are passing to each other and the guy falls the one guy falls so now the other team has a breakaway like a forward is getting a minus for that and he had no effect on the play and he couldn't do anything like that's plus minus just is a bad stat in my opinion i say it would count for defensemen more than it would forwards but I still just don't see it as a great stat. Uh, but yeah, you, the Caps offense is clicking and the team overall is performing really well. The rookies are coming out to be a huge, uh, coming up huge for the team overall.
1: It's added some much needed youth to our team. And did you see that clip when we were absolutely routing the Penguins Um Sidney Crosby threw um Farivari, I believe, like almost pretty much into the boards. No. Um, but yeah, basically, like if Tom Wilson were to do that to a rookie, it would be cons- he would be crucified essentially. It looks like a very dirty play. It was a very dirty play, and it wasn't called um, it was not called for a penalty. So I, I think that play was a little ridiculous.
0: I didn't see that uh I didn't see that clip. Um but yeah the I'm I'll go over the standings real quick. Uh Washington in first, 10-2 and five in 17 games played with 25 points. Carolina second in 14 games played, they're 12-2-0, 24 points. Third, the Rangers. I need the Rangers to step it up a bit. I'd had them winning the uh, winning the division. Obviously, I'd want uh, the Flyers to win the division instead. But uh, realistically, I think the Rangers have a really good team because Adam Fox puts up points. Uh, Artemi Panarin, Mika advantage. That team is so good. I I think if they can find a way to uh, make sure their chemistry stays put together. They have a really good team, not only now, but for the future. Igor yeah. Shosturkin is really good, too. I uh, thought they'd be doing better. They're not doing too bad. Uh, I honestly thought they were going to start out the season worse than they did.
1: I thought they were going to start out better.
0: Like, 10-3-3 is not a bad start, and I thought they were going to – I thought by now they might have, like, seven or eight wins uh, because I didn't think that they – I think, like I said, like they just need chemistry a little bit more. I think Adam Fox is still a young guy and he's already getting first line minutes. So uh, I thought they would need to get kind of get through some uh, some rough areas before. But he he's playing well. Uh, Norris Trophy winner from last year, fourth Philadelphia with 14 games played, eight four and two, 18 points. New Jersey in fifth. With four in 14 games played seven, four, and three with 17 points. That's without
1: Jack Hughes.
0: In sixth, Columbus, 13 games played, 8-5, 6, 8, 5, and 0 with 16 points. 7th, Pittsburgh, 5-6, and 4 in 15 games, 14 points. The Islanders in 13 games played, 5-6, and 2, 12 points. The one thing about the Islanders is they are they had to start out the season on a 13 game road trip they're about to have their home opener wow yeah so their their new arena was being built and it wasn't quite ready when the season started okay so they yeah they're uh they were on a 13 game road trip at the start of the game so they uh they have they're finally going to play a home game and play in front of their own fans so I think now that they're actually going to play some home games, they're going to step it up, and they're going to be a rough team to play.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to show you the Crosby. Um, you can't really call this a hit. All right, so.
0: Oh, geez, he, he tackled yeah. him.
1: Yeah, he, like, picked him up pretty much and threw him into the boards, and he didn't get a penalty. He's not facing a suspension, Nothing. I don't know how that works. Yeah, look um after look it up to get a better view, but nothing. Not even a penalty. Absolutely nothing. I know this is gonna sound like the caps fan and defending Tom Wilson, but if that was Tom Wilson, it would have been a suspension or at least a penalty. It would have. Like, cause there there's nothing hockey about that. It's straight up dirty.
0: Yeah, that that was just a bad play overall. I don't know how he got away with that. Hang
1: on, and it was four one. So how did the ref not even pick up on that? Nothing.
0: Yeah, but I I think uh, Sidney Crosby has the favor that of the fact that he uh, he's kind he's of NHL sweetheart. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Tom Brady and uh, in the NFL, he's kind of got that same reputation. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's why he was able to get away with it. So for the first time all of this season, Eagle or the Flyers finally had a full lineup, and it lasted one whole game. Nice. Uh, one of so one of the biggest acquisitions this this season, if not the biggest acquisition and the most important acquisition for the season was Ryan Ellis. As you saw last season, uh, the Flyers suffered without having that veteran leader with Matt Niskanen next to Ivan Provorov, and they always had that one guy just rotating in and out of the first line with Provorov that he didn't know what he was trying to do, and he couldn't find any chemistry. So they traded for Ryan Ellis, and Ryan Ellis has played three game, four games now because he did play that one.
1: And now he's about to miss four to six weeks.
0: Yes, and he's about to miss four to six weeks. He's been put on IR. Uh, and that that fourth game he played, he was playing on the third line. So because he was still – they were just trying to nurse that injury a little bit to make sure that he wasn't going super hardcore on a, on a lingering lower body injury. But Kevin Hayes returned from his core injury, and he scored in his second game back and – one thing that was so big about Kevin Hayes in this game against they just played Calgary beat him two to one, which is the fourth two to one game that the Flyers have won this season They won one in Vancouver, they won one in us. yeah, against the capitals in Washington, won one against the best arguably the best team in the NHL Carolina uh in Raleigh, and then they did one at home against Calgary right here, so their team uh they're, they know how to fight, and they can win close games. But that is a fourth 2-1 game they've already won in 14 games. And uh, the – but, yeah, Kevin Hayes came back for that game. And in that game, not only did he have a goal, he also got hurt in the second period after getting tripped up uh, and came back out in the third period and helped finish out the game. So, uh, the, Kevin Hayes is already making a big impact on the on the team.
1: Your goalies are carrying you though. Oh, hard yeah. of hard, having oh. a bounce back season. And then Martin there, Anderson, Vesna numbers.
0: There, There is no doubt. in if anyone is paying attention to the league at all, or like if they just have general ideas about the league, not, I can't say general ideas. Like if they have a general attention span towards the Metropolitan Division or the Flyers, they can see like Carter Hart and Martin Jones are, are Martin the Jones. reason that we are performing so well because they've had so many one goal games. Uh, they have so many one, two goal games that have been held together by, uh, by the goalies. And yeah, I'll pull up their, I'll pull up their stats real quick.
1: Yeah, Carter, in the game against the Caps, Martin Jones had 30 plus saves.
0: Yeah, and five saves on Ovi, four of them in one period, and yeah. three of them on one power play.
1: Yeah, like in a span of two minutes.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he's Martin Jones has been a huge acquisition, but Carter Hart, 5 3 0, or 5 3 and 2, with a 219 goals against average and a 9 3 5 save percentage and a shutout. Martin Jones is 3 1 0 nine or yeah uh two two seven save per, or goals against average in a nine three one save percentage so the goalies are performing at top tier level right now and in order to keep we they need to stay like that if the flyers are going to keep on winning and i mean that's that's one of the biggest questions coming into this season was can carter hart make a bow- comeback because carter hart was just hung out to dry all season last season and he was uh he was able to come back and play quite well so I'm I'm liking the way he's looking so far he looks like a a really bright future for the Flyers
1: yeah, and it's not like your defense has gotten exponentially better like and yeah, it hasn't because it, it hasn't it's just Carter Hart has been able <laughs> to step up and Ryan, things he wasn't able to do last year
0: and Ryan Ellis I mean the reason we got him was to avoid this and they he's come back huge and he uh and then he got hurt so I mean he hasn't even really been there that much
1: yeah, and who thought Martin Jones would be a great backup <laughs> yeah. a few years ago he was getting clowned when he was in he, San Jose because he was not doing good at all
0: he was the past three seasons in San Jose he was doing terrible because San yeah, he Jose, had a sub
1: like nine hundred state percentage, I believe it was not good.
0: Yeah, I mean San Jose's defense is terrible. Their their defense wants to play offense essentially. I mean the only notable defenseman they have in San Jose is Brent Burns. What and... about Eric Carlson? What ha- like no? Oh wait, I forgot about Eric Carlson because yeah, I almost remember when he, done... he left.
1: He left to go there, and now it's gone quite downhill
0: yeah and i mean both both of those players are two players who want to play offense more than they want to play defense yeah so i mean that's their issue there Uh, and they're
1: all and they're often playing together which just it's not a good combination it really isn't
0: no i mean those offensive defensemen are the kind of players that you have on the third line maybe the second line but more so the third line just to give you some numbers and then they give you power play numbers and that's what you look for uh the you know what's going to be interesting to see? The coming into this season, Keith Yandel was 43 games away from the Iron Man streak, the longest Iron Man streak in NHL history. Wow. He, he uh he's 14 games in and I'm really interested to see if he's going to make it to the Iron Man.
1: He definitely can. I d- I didn't realize he was that close. Yeah, he uh how many straight games has
0: he played? I'm pulling it up right now. It's over. It's over. It's 936. Start. Wow. Listen to this. Start date. Nine or er, March 26, 2009. Wow. Yeah. That's that's, ages. The number one is Doug Jarvis at 964. No clue who that is. Pat, Patrick Marleau is up here, 910, 910 games. Well, it makes
1: sense because he's played the most games in NHL history.
0: Same with uh, Phil Kessel. He's up here.
1: Really? Kessel's up there?
0: Yeah, he's only 20 games behind Keith Yandel. Yeah,
1: well, the man with one of the best slap shots in NHL, according to. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah, so I'm really interested to see if they can, uh, if he can pull that off because he's been he's been a pretty good acquisition for the team too. One of the biggest questions when they traded for him was is he if he can't perform do they keep him in to try to get that iron man streak like what what's going to go on there? Which in my opinion, if he's not performing, you take him out. It doesn't matter about the streak. But uh Keith Yandel and Kevin Hayes are also really close, so I think having them together playing on the same team is huge for the team and just the team morale overall. Uh but, yeah, overall, the, the team's doing – the Flyers are doing really well. The one thing I want to see better is the power play. They're two for 25 in their, in their last 25 power, power plays. They were 12th, and they dropped to 26th in the league in five games. Their power play needs desperate help.
1: Yeah, that's really not good.
0: But uh and they they've been Elaine Vigneault has been shuffling it around consistently and they're trying to they're trying to figure it out, but they they're having trouble trying to get the power play going. And I think once they get the power power play going, then we'll be then we'll be okay. That's all that we really need, I think, in my opinion. I'm trying to pull up uh trying to pull up the flyers power play percentage real quick. That is points percentage, power play percentage. Edmonton's clicking at a whopping forty-two point six percent.
1: Yeah, but with that power play, yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, be-
0: I mean Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl—that's absurd. What more do you need? The Flyers' power play is fifteen point six percent right now.
1: Not good at all. Yeah,
0: no, they're and they're getting like a ton of chances too. Against Calgary, I believe they had five power plays
1: you have to capitalize you really have and
0: i don't i don't think they capitalized on one uh the penalty kills performing well at 83.3 percent and it's kind of funny because we were just talking about how poorly the sharks defense is and they're clicking at 90.2 percent penalty kill wow i they there's just no,
1: regulation that they're not good
0: i was get, there's no way that they're giving up a ton of power plays though like that's i don't see oh it doesn't tell you um so i can't see it but yeah that's there's no way that they're there's got to be something going on there i i feel like they're not giving up a ton of penalties uh with that you ready to move over to the mlb and wrap it wrap it up up there
1: as yeah, this so is really the, yeah, the Cy Young's were announced. So Robbie Ray won the AL, which Tristan had winning. I didn't know surprise there. And the yeah, NL Corbin Birds won, which neither of us had. So I'm 0-2. It's
0: it was a close one. Uh I think the only reason that I could have seen Garrett Cole winning was the fact that he's a bigger name than Robbie Ray. So that's a little yeah. bit more uh a little bit more publicity because I to be fair, I didn't even really know until I saw he was up for the Cy Young. I didn't even know that he was the ace for the uh for the Blue Jays. He had a struggle last season and he came in this season and really turned turned it on. Uh so he was having a little bit of trouble, but uh Yeah. I mean, he's just not, he's not the darling of the MLB. You're not going to see much with him on it with Garrett Cole. I mean, everyone knows who Garrett Cole is. So that that's the only thing I could have seen him maybe getting the Cy Young was for a little bit more publicity. Uh, And then in the NL with Corbin Burns, I could have seen it going any, any anyway, out of the three Cy Young finalists, I could have, it could have gone either way.
1: For me, I more wanted Scherzer to win because I like him. Yeah.
0: I mean, and Scherzer ended up coming up third, which I, I again, I think. That's it's a
1: just... little surprising to me considering, like, um Zach Wheeler kind of fell off towards the end of the season. And, like, even when you look at Scherzer, like, even in the first half when he was playing for us and we weren't good, he was still pitching pretty well. And then we saw, once he went to the Dodgers, how well, he could do with a decent team around him.
0: Yeah. Uh so Corbin Burns who won uh he only made 28 starts but he pitched 167 innings. He had two 200, a 2.43 ERA was uh which was leading the majors was second behind Scherzer with a 9 4, a .94 whip, uh 243 strikeouts and only walked 34 batters. Uh, he had 12.6 strikeouts per nine innings and 6.88 strikeouts to walks, which was the best ratio in the majors. And, I mean, if you think about – if you remember uh, – do you remember at the beginning of the season when he struck out 50 batters before he walked one?
1: I do remember that. Yeah,
0: so I I think that also played a big factor in, of, in him winning Cy Young because that's getting – 50 strikeouts without walking a single batter is absurd. Like, that's got to be so hard because striking out a batter overall has got to be tough.
1: Well, not when it's hoppy Baez because he swings at everything, but that's, that's the point.
0: Uh, and he played him a lot, being that he was on the Cubs for the first half of the season. Uh, Wheeler, who finished second, 213 and one third innings which finished first in the NL 247 strikeouts and fifth in ERA at a two seven eight with a one oh one whip uh he pitched at least six innings in 27 of his 32 starts and Scherzer 15 and four with that nine game win streak at the end of the season a 246 ERA and 30 starts 179 and a third innings for the nationals and dodgers led the majors with a 0.864 whip and went seven and zero with a 198 era in 11 starts for the dodgers the dodgers won all 11 games so i i believe i guess he didn't get the i guess two of them didn't or the last four didn't count because he didn't pitch for five innings because i know in the majors in order to get a win as a pitcher you have to pitch a certain amount of innings
1: well no to get a win in the majors you just have to be pitching when you take the lead and you that well, you know makes... the
0: starter the starter has to get uh the starter has to pitch a certain amount of innings i don't think he did I I believe – I'll double-check right here. I thought it was just who's
1: pitching whenever the team took the lead and that lead stayed. That's what what my thought was.
0: How does the pitcher get a win?
1: Yeah, I don't think there was a specific –
0: Oh, yeah. First, the starting pitcher must pitch at least five innings in a traditional game of nine innings or longer. To qualify,
1: I realized that I well, thought they, it was just who's pitching.
0: They do also have to take the lead,
1: yeah, obviously, so, that's the main criteria,
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought for sure he had they had to have a certain amount of things. Um, but yeah, so I mean, all three of those guys were putting up amazing numbers. I really could have seen it going either way. I, of course, would have liked to see Zach Wheeler win because I think uh, Bryce Harper will get the mvp tonight so to have two uh two phillies winning awards would be huge uh i'm gonna go over the the rest of the awards real quick so al cy young was robbie ray nl cy young was corbin burns the rookie of the year in the al was randy arroz arena yeah and do, do you know who it was for the nl without looking the NL um, rookie of the year. Why am I I, can't. I I could have I could have seen this coming before I saw it because he put up really good numbers. Who is
1: that? I'm gonna kick myself when I hear this name?
0: Jonathan India.
1: Yeah, what? damn it, I knew that.
0: Yeah, Jonathan India put uh was playing really well. He uh led all major league rookies in on base percentage with a 376, doubles with 34, walks with 71, runs scored with 98 and games played with 150 while ranking second in OPS with 835.
1: That's annoying. I knew that. That's yeah, really
0: annoying. I could have seen that coming. Like when the Phillies were playing the Reds and Jonathan India was coming up, I was like, oh, yeah. this. Like I saw a bunch of him on throughout the season. He performed really well. The AL manager of the year was Kevin Cash, who manages the Rays. And Phillies fans will know this name. The NL manager of the year was Gabe Kapler of the New York or San Francisco Giants. Yeah. And that, that one hurts because Gabe Kapler was terrible with the Phillies.
1: It was quite bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then also the uh, gold glove awards and the silver slugger slugger awards came out. No, uh, no Phillies or nationals won a gold glove, but, uh, Silver sluggers. Both Bryce Harper and Juan Soto got a sil- got a slugger. Silver slugger. Yeah,
1: that's that's ex- that was expected. Yeah.
0: Um. And this was another one that I was kind of expected. A uh, all but Dansby Swanson for the Braves got a silver slugger for, like the infield. I apologize. The infield of the Braves, except for Dansby Swanson, got a silver slugger. In Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, and Austin Riley. Uh. And here's another one. Max Freed.
1: Silver Slugger.
0: Uh, and then Hank Aaron Awards. Uh, Vladdy got a Hank Aaron Award and so did Bryce Harper.
1: Yeah. So. Completely makes sense. Yeah.
0: It's uh, it's I'm really interested to see where the MVP goes tonight watch
1: us be both wrong and it goes to Tatis and then for the AL it it goes to
0: Shohei Otani
1: yeah Shohei
0: because I I think here's here's my here's the ranking of my finalists I say Vladdy Otani Semyon in the AL that's mine yeah Harper Tatis Soto for the NL no Soto, Harper, Harper Tatis Harper Tatis Soto And the only reason I have Soto last is because of the fact that he came on so late. Like he had a good season, but he didn't like, he started heating up at the end of the season. Whereas Tatis was
1: hot. He did the the opposite. He was hot during the beginning and then he
0: fell. Well, after, yeah, after Tatis's injury, he fell off. And
1: then his defense was kind of exposed and people started to really turn against him, like on, like turn on a dime.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and then Harper, once the, uh, once the All-Star break, once the league came back from the All-Star break, he started taking a turn to uh, perform better. And that's, that's why I think he has an edge over Soto and Tatis because he was the most consistent throughout the season. That's where I see it in my eyes. And we'll find that out tonight. Is that At the right end of that? the day,
1: I won't be surprised if it were to go either way yeah
0: i mean it's obviously whoever wins had an amazing season because it's yeah an there's no bad seasons yeah uh but that is it for me is that all you got that's it all right well you guys uh you guys can follow us on instagram at bl in the dc uh you can dm us questions for us to at uh, for us to answer on here you can email us questions at BL in the DC at gmail.com you guys can leave us a rating and review on apple that would be much appreciated so we can go through and it'll help us kind of get on the boards and uh, let other people see us and with that we will see you guys next week see you later